Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 68 presented by Five Pin Universe. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. Um, just want to thank everybody for coming back after we had a week hiatus for Canada Day. Hopefully everybody had a good one and uh, got some bowling practice in and all that good stuff. Uh, we have a pretty special guest here. Um, some some accomplishments that not too, not too many people have uh, accomplished. But thank all star again for being our advertising sponsor for this episode and uh we do have some giveaways a little bit later so we'll uh get dexter uh pulling that up later <laughs> just all right hey guys sorry about that dexter spring that on you uh, i forgot to mention that uh we have adam weber and tim and dexter wiseman the regular podcast crew um and our special guest for this podcast is uh a back-to-back Masters Singles National Champion. He won the Scottsdale Classic back when it was still running and the Heritage Traditional. We have Mr. Aaron Arndt. As everybody knows him, A.A. Ron. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Welcome. Fun. Thank you. So uh, kind of our first topic will be, Aaron, is uh, how did it feel to win back-to-back Masters Singles? Um, obviously, that's an accomplishment that... Uh, very few will ever accomplish in the history of the game. Um, it was surreal, to be honest. Um, the first time, it was more so uh, trying to prove it to myself that I could do it. And the second time was to prove to myself again that it wasn't a fluke, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But uh, yeah. after uh, after winning the second one, um, it, really, uh, it really gave me a sense that I belonged up in that uh, – up in that tier of the game, it really did. Um, for years, especially leading up to uh, to those years, uh, it was I wasn't consistent enough. I was good in tournaments, I wasn't great, and then I made that leap, and uh, and then I'm trying to get back there since. But, uh, <laughs> there's, there's I haven't been to national since, but uh, <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun since then. So, um, so. Everybody kind of has the the theme of our podcast has kind of gone. They've known that getting out of Alberta has been been super tough, just like it's super tough out of Ontario and some of the bigger provinces that have a lot of um, competitive players in them. Um, we're just you to make it back to back out of Alberta and to make it for the Masters Nationals. Like we know Tim has done it, but unfortunately, bringing home the gold is a little tough. <laughs> Uh, maybe you could give some Tim some pointers on uh, what he needs to do to get out of that silver place, or yeah, teach him how to close. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, be, to be honest with you, I looked I looked at the, the field every time he was there, and it was a little bit weaker. So uh, uh, he had, he had, I had I had my work cut out for me for sure. So uh, a little, little bit different. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. No, it's just a jab at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I didn't notice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, funny fact about uh, 2014, uh, Jeff Bourne had the highest average for the uh, singles, and he was dead last. And he had the highest average easily by, I believe, at least 10 points. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know what, Tim, just bowl better, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually, Carrie and I knew that because one of our coaches told us in the middle of our game that uh, that was a fact. Uh, <laughs> you only had one coach. Yeah. Don't act like yeah. you're <laughs> <laughs> one of yeah. your coach. 
your coach, your coach. Then, then, then promptly the Mark Miller incident happened. So maybe, maybe we all focused at <laughs> that moment. We we would have maybe won that one point, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it definitely, uh, honestly, winning back to back there. Uh, uh, if you ever look back at the master singles, it's always super tight. And you know, Adam competing there, it's um, very rarely is it a runaway to get the first seed, and very rarely is it a runaway to get second or third. Right, so. Um, for you when back to back, it's, it's definitely an amazing feat and uh, nobody's ever done it. Right. So, um, definitely have to be proud about that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the, um, the toughest thing was just, uh, I mean, the competition's great no matter what. I mean, every province there, they're the champions of the province for a reason, right? They're competitors and they're there to win. Um, but I thought each time just get to a step higher because anything can happen there. Um, I believe in 2013, I was second and in 2014, it was, uh, I broke a tiebreaker actually to get the third spot to make the step ladder, but just, uh, just make the step ladder. Anything can happen in there, especially when it's a, when it's a three game match, best two out of three. Right. Um, yeah. I, I remember a funny story. Uh, I believe it was, we, we were in the middle of the second game and I think, uh, the Ontario guys and the Alberta guys were playing push in the back. And I don't know who cheered loudly, but they oh. let off a roar after they won that game. And it was right in the middle of Connor Dorian throwing. Does his uh, name rhyme with Rich Ravies? I think it might, actually. <laughs> Is there someone in bowling named Mitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Mitch was a Scooby Doo character, I guess. <laughs> all, all I know is that uh, we were asked to leave. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> you couldn't ask for a better amphitheater to yell in, though. That was a giant we, theater. We were upstairs at the academy, and then uh, then we can watch you in your goal because we were all downstairs. <laughs> yeah, it was a good yeah. time. Yes, it yeah. was. It was awesome. Well, it... Sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, no, that was it. Yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, Aaron, <laughs> uh, you brought up a really like good point. I, I know a lot of people uh, who do have the, the opportunity to win a tournament. It, it's always that second one that, that you really feel that you it, it's the biggest struggle to go do it again because you're, you're really trying to prove something more to yourself than anybody else that you do physically belong at that, that level. And for you to, to go back to back at a, at a master's national singles level uh, just shows just how accomplished that feat is. And quite frankly, we, we may never see that again. Like we, we've only seen it once at this point and uh, you know, somebody can get hot and um, there, there will be high averages, but you still have to win those uh those matches right so it's uh no very very difficult and really uh really proud to to see that from from yourself especially from the the calgary crew right yeah definitely and uh thanks for that adam it's um yeah it really like i mentioned before it really uh gave me the sense that i was there i belonged and uh you know, I saw Brett Hendrickson's comment there about actually having a good beard. I was uh, disappointed to see Wilton uh, shave his off. I, he had quite the ginger beard. That's <laughs> I hope he never does that again. I don't think I've slept 
since he did that. <laughs> Look, that image is burned into my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, I don't know if it'll happen again. There are so many great shooters out there. There really are, um, and there have been uh, there have been uh, women that have won the back to back for Masters before. I know that because. Um, to be honest, I looked at the plaque after I did it. I wanted to know, right? I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure you guys would want to know the same type of thing, right? I mean, yep. right? Well, yeah, like uh, Jim had just commented that Sandy Horton did it for the ladies back in 94, 95. Yep. Um, still, like, unreal feat um, to hear the, on the ladies' side and the men's side. Um, as we know, back in the day, there was quite a few dominant players, like, like Fraser Hamley, Bruce Mortar, Mark Jackson, even Gino in his prime never even happened to go play uh, Alberta's uh, Alberta singles rep. So um, in order to accomplish that, like you obviously had to have quite quite the things fall together at the same time and play extremely well, right? Mm -hmm. I, um, it was almost uh, it was almost not a no-go for 2014. I believe the last the last tournament at Heritage, um, going up into my ninth frame, I believe Schultz had finished, and it was uh, it was believed that Schultz had won. Lynn Howell actually had shook his hand, and then I went up and still finished my game and ended up getting the pinfall and getting singles that way. It just it just goes to show how close it is. And especially in recent years with the ties that have happened in singles and the amount of great bowling that has happened lately on both the men and the women's side in Alberta. I mean, the scores have been amazing. And the fact that we're still getting rookies every single year, that's what I like to see. I mean, if I'm not making it, I want to see rookies make it because we all know how great Masters is. And to make it out of Alberta as a rookie and to go with, uh, to go with the guys um, – and Dexter will agree with me. I mean, that was that was the worst part about losing nationals this year was yeah. guys like Bobby and Rob, like they they got it out, they made it, and they won't be able to uh, to experience it in their first year, unfortunately. But I mean, they're gonna make it back. They're too competitive not to, and I just hope I'm up there next time. I'd like to get back. I want to go for that. Uh, that I want to go for that third one. I really do. Yeah, not, not not if we're playing, but that's okay. Yeah, we just gotta have <laughs> your <laughs> Somebody's got to beat Tim so we have a chance at like you know winning. What's <laughs> uh, Al Alberti? Yeah. 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 Here's the thing: if you guys let me win a gold for once, I'll retire. That's what Adam said. Yeah. That's what Adam said, and then he went on a win streak. So this don't wow. just say that, okay? Thanks for ensuring that we're gonna have you around forever. No, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I actually had a um, chance to, to speak with Wilson here this afternoon, and uh, he's we we're talking a little bit about Red Deer and uh, coming up in, in three four weeks. And he, he says he he's really motivated to go just because he feels like the season is isn't finished because he, he had his heart set on on you know going to, to Masters last week. So yeah. he, uh, he he's really wanting to go, mm -hmm. yeah. and he's had a good like a nice breakthrough year with the tour and stuff too. And um, yeah, he he he's had a phenomenal year, and yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking that uh, 
he had to miss it. That was that was one of the hardest phone calls I've had to make. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, he was insisting on a Zoom one, so I couldn't even hide behind. <laughs> face to face. What's going on, man? Oh man, this is not a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you do you guys kind of have the same feeling, um, not having competed for nationals this year with Heritage being such a a late portion of the WCBT, being late in the summer and stuff like that? Do you get the same feeling that it's it's your national maybe to finish off? Um, that section of bowling and then hopefully in September everything starts up or do you feel it's a a start to a new season even though it's a broken piece you honestly um winky face winky face yeah I got you Adam uh, <laughs> uh, to be honest yeah um I just I just think that it's it's whatever to me it's it's it, I think it's a lot the last season right now. I just feel like it's, I'm having a hard time being motivated for it. Right. And um, I, I think I'm excited to just go out and see the people. And I, I just think that it's going to be good to see everybody. Um, but I have really no expectations towards it. I just think it's going to be good to go out. Um, I want to throw some balls here shortly. I think maybe in like, you know, three weeks, and <laughs> so just so everybody knows that's what tim says before every master's tournament and then yep. he wipes the floor with us so yeah but that hasn't worked out in wcbt no um, i'm not sure but i i, 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 just, I it's just I tough right? the points there, there, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like uh it's just been really weird i mean like three months off of because of covid a lot of other things on the go with everybody's life and then it just it's tough staying motivated with it right so um, I, I, I just think that, uh, I think it would be fine. Uh, once, once everybody gets there, it's just a matter of getting in, into the, into a center and throwing balls, just getting there. So I think, yeah. uh, I think that's I, thing. I completely disagree with everything you just said. Um, <laughs> <That's cool>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm actually a little bit motivated. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually excited to go throw some balls. I, I'm excited to be competitive again. It's, um, it, it's been a long break. And honestly, um, I, in three years, I have not had a break in the summer between like open nationals or masters nationals or tour finals, uh, having masters nationals and tour finals every year, the last three years has made it so that there hasn't been a break. Right. So, um, to have a, have a, a three month break or whatever it is now, three month, four month, whatever it is. Um, it'll be, it's, uh, I've, I'm actually excited to go and I, I practice. Well, not practice. I do the COVID like drop-in tournament just to throw some balls so they're meaningful and whatever. But uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm motivated to do it, and I want to I want to do well in Red Deer. I'm not I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, but I certainly want to make sure that I keep Weber below me in the five pin universe rankings. <laughs> well, at least you got something on the mind. The five pin universe rankings are clearly the most in-depth ranking system there is. So. Absolutely. I just think it's <laughs> bullshit that he ends up getting all this extra time thanks to COVID. Yeah. Hey, yeah, all these Crystal extra days on top, eh? Crushing it right now. <laughs> Last time I missed a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm in like the middle of two seasons. Like I, I don't feel like last season was closed off, but I'm also not motivated for a new season. So I'm trying to find motivation 
to, to really go out there and, and throw competitive balls, I think is going to be difficult. Um, I think once you're in the moment, I think it'll be a hell of a lot of fun, right? That's exactly what we all want to do. We want to compete at the highest levels. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the competition side of it. I'm also interested to see how it all kind of plays out with, you know, the, the whole COVID issue uh, with the lanes as well. So I, I really can't wait, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, I've been doing this for years. Welcome to my game now. I've had summers off for five years. This is a new season, this is a new season coming up for me. That's how I'm looking at it. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I, same same things you guys are saying. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it sucks yeah, I, that I, uh, we can't do the Bakers or the doubles, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly looking just to close out the season, I think, is mostly the way I'm looking at it because – being part of the WCBT and the board and stuff, like we're still planning filming and everything for the tour championship at the new location at Sherwood and stuff like that. And then we don't even have a set roster yet because the heritage traditional is still planning on hosting their event. And there's lots of members that can gain a lot of points there still. So it's kind of tough, especially for some of the Ontario guys and some of the guys out of Alberta, out of the Alberta province that are sitting in the top 12, and now they got to look, do I book time off at the end of August to make it to a championship if I'm not planning on the hair traditional? Because I may lose my spot. I may drop out. Like, um, not only is it, I'm heritage is planning all the, all the safety measures, all the health measures. And we're making sure that we're meeting all the regulations and making sure everybody's health and safety is number one priority. But now you got to weigh that and you got to weigh the financial burden and the time off and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially, when, that, especially when everybody else had financial burden for those three months, some of them, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, what, so, what are we what's expecting your, what's for numbers? Guys is, uh, well, yeah. So for numbers? We haven't seen an official list now. Um, now that they've opened up their online registration for the new six shifts at 40 max per shift. Um, I'm not too sure. I haven't heard a a hard set number yet on how it's looking, but so for people listening, um, if you haven't done that yet and you are planning showing up to the hair traditional, you're allowed to sign up for three separate shifts. They are six total shifts. They start on, I do believe Thursday. They have, yeah, they have one on Thursday, three on Friday, and two on Saturday. So if you haven't signed up for those, sign up for those as soon as you can to make sure at least you have your spot uh, reserved. Yeah, because because they, they need to um, they need to obviously know what's coming in too, right? Because if if they have a shift maybe that's less, like a Thursday, is it worth it them to run it? Something, right? They they got to have something going on with that, and then obviously uh, for those uh, that like to the gamble right? We, we need to have something to gamble on. So for our yeah. fantasy. So uh, if you guys can finally send that in for us to have that too. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good point too, Tim. Just, I mean, right, right now, obviously everybody knows that this is a huge financial burden on all bowling alleys um, with everything that's going on. So um, do please register as early as you can, because that gives them a rough idea of what they're going to need for staffing. And again, whether a shift is viable at all, so at least if you, you know, do enter in early when you do know 
you know, maybe that gives them an opportunity to make proper business choices for that week because it, it is, it's already a financial burden, right? So mm-hmm. um, please get them in as soon as you can. Yeah. It's, let's, let's, you're already doing us a favor. Let's, you know, let's help them out too, right? So, yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're sacrificing this potential financial gain for this weekend just to continue the WCBT and continue that side of the sport. Like, that's such a, such a gift from such a well-run center that like, let's face it. It's such a big center and being shut down for all those months. It's a, uh, it's amazing that uh, a place like that can stay open and Sherwood bowl, the same situation. You guys are dependent on that uh, open play during the summer months. And mm-hmm. when that's taken away and then you're, you're planning on giving away a weekend plus a couple days for, a tournament that you may not gain a lot of money on that's a uh, that's something else and uh we can't thank shelby and mike and those guys at heritage traditional just just offering that again how yeah. how are they going to deal with uh with walking for uh, like walking traffic either for the tournament or the, there's always people who just kind of walk in without putting an entry in um, obviously they're just going to have to kind of keep them to the side until we know numbers of a shift or. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Like the shift is still capped, right? So if you do have walk-ins and the shift is maximum, you have to turn them away. They can't, they can't even stay in the building from, uh, my understanding at this point in time, unless phase three shows up and then the regulations change, right? See, I, I, um, Carrie, we received an email through BizConnect uh, to another bowling center in Alberta, um, and I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Oh, really? So, um, from my understanding, so when we got initial like email from Grady for stage two opening up, um, they told us a fifty-person maximum, but. Based on the email that came from BizConnect from the Alberta government, um, that is actually not the case. Um, the 50-person co- uh, maximum is for your sporting cohort family, uh, right. but not so much as a business. So as a business, um, you, there is actually no capacity on having people in there as, as long, long as social distance. distance between the people that need to social distance. Um, so it, it is possible that they'll be able to be in there. And, you know, if you're part of your cohort family, you could sit in the back and have drinks together or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't know how they're running their center, but, um, from my understanding through BizConnect, I think that that's okay. Hmm. That might be some information we should be sharing across the province here. Cause not everybody's, um, utilizing that that avenue right of yeah out shelby like should be aware because i believe he was in that email chain with uh with bowl of artists so in dave kissed yeah yeah so yeah so at least we're sharing that here on this podcast but um if people wouldn't mind trying to share that on social media and letting these centers know that might be closing their lounges and not utilizing that space if they don't have if they didn't know they could right hmm. absolutely yeah yeah, the cohort thing is interesting. Um, we just had our slow pitch season start up, and you're only allowed in one cohort, one league at at a time right now. So if you wanted to play in another league, you can't. You're not supposed to. You're only supposed to play in that one cohort because it has 50 total people. 
Yeah. So it'll be interesting when phase three comes in, if there's multiple people bowling in multiple leagues, they can yeah. probably only choose one league, right? Well, but, but, but phase two still stays. But, he, but here's the thing, right? So we were talking about this. How do you know if you're playing a different center? And the other thing is, too, how do you know, Aaron, that you're, you could be playing ball hockey and, and bowling, and that's two different sports. Like, yeah. that is – you have no idea, right? So at the end of the day, it's going to be on people who's honest about things like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just – I really think that it's going to be on honesty, and, and I don't think – I. Obviously, it's all speculation. I, I really think phase three is going to be opening up when Rogers opens up, right? But I think they're going to maybe open up uh, restrictions more in phase two. I think that's what's bas- basically what could happen, right? So phase two could be maybe 100 people or maybe – and maybe cohorts could be a bigger number, right? And then maybe you don't have to have to have um, – just the one cohort, you could have two cohorts or whatever else could be with it, right? It's it's gonna be crazy. Um I I, I just think I just think that uh I heard I heard through one of our politicians out here when I was speaking with him when we did made that video. Um and of course things change. Obviously, Mr. Cordia had an issue t- this week, right? And things do change. Um, but he said the government was thinking about opening up more things or opening things up September first. Now, but that was, they're also thinking about maybe if things are going well, they could push it up August 1st, right? So up earlier in August. So if that's the case, you know, August 1st would look real good for all of us, right? Because mm-hmm. one thing is this would help out with the heritage. And the second thing is it would help out with our leagues because then that would be making it a lot easier for everybody else, right? Um, if they said, hey, you guys, you can have as many leagues as you want. 100 people for us, then we're laughing <laughs> for, yeah. on a personal level for us. But if you're looking at Bonnie Dune, you're still going to be in a real tough situation there. Like um, I know at least out in Edmonton, we're all talking to each other, but it's a, it's a tough situation. Like, I don't know how everybody's going to be working with it. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Well, you got, uh, it's affecting every sport. That's for sure. And yeah. And a best case scenario, we, we do have the full leagues again by uh, September and that's all we can hope for. And that's what you can plan for. Like yeah. we're planning the masters tournaments and we're planning our other associations are planning their tournaments as they're going to happen and they're going to happen normally. And that's, that's really all you can do right now. Plan for the best. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're even talking about maybe having to do split shifts if, if for like some leagues, if we have to do a split shift, you might have to do a split shift. Right, our Thursday night league. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it's fifty people, we might have to do that. Yeah, or or at least at least for a portion of the season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because even if we even if we split the league in half, let's say, so we have like an eight lane or so eight eight teams and eight teams, and then we could still use. If we do that, then that would keep the cohort to 40 then we could use all 16 lanes and they would go quick we can get through those each but then we would have to hope that by the time that seven week period is up that we can just run the leagues as a as normal so they can go back into a rotation and face the teams as proper so um Uh, there's there's a lot of things we can think about to try yeah so this may draw a little controversy and 
uh, people listening and stuff, if you want to add your comments to it, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up on the screen. I'm fine with it. But don't you guys find it a little, I don't know, the, the leagues or like uh, Aaron brought up slow pitch and stuff, stuff that's organized and has registration listings and is producing safety procedures for their leagues and all the, all this information and taking care of who's, who's in their registration is totally restricted, but yet a business like you guys could be wide open and you could have uh, 240 random people walk through your doors throughout the day and you have no clue who they're in contact with, what they're doing, what their you're, safety procedures are. You're right, but it is different. So the reason the reason for that 50-person cohort is so that you don't have to socially distance with them. Right. So that's, I mean, that's the great thing about the softball tonight. You could tag, you could do all that stuff because that 50 person cohort is there. You, you can be within those people. Whereas, you know, we have, we have 200 people walk in through a day. That's, that's fine, but we keep them away from all the other groups. So they are not in contact with any of them. And then we clean everything before they leave. So even if they are in contact with stuff, there's nothing left after they leave, but, the biggest thing is that those people stay away from the other people, whereas the 50-person cohort, you don't have to. Agreed. But I'm. But what I'm saying is you have that 50-person cohort or whatever. All these people, you could have 100 people in your league. They're registered. If you have a COVID case, you can contact 100 registered people and let them know. Yeah, where a business, if somebody goes into the washroom has COVID, you go into the washroom after them because as hard as everybody can try, that washroom is not being cleaned after every single person, and you don't know if that person is properly sanitizing. You can't contact everybody that's been in yeah. that business. So uh, there's there's a few things that happen when you reopen for stage two, and there's like a giant list of things that are recommended, and there's a giant list of things that are required. And one of the things that is required is a rapid response approach to what happens if somebody that was in the facility is diagnosed with COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, so for us, what we do is every single group that comes in gets put into our reservation system. Um, so there's every person that comes in, name, phone number, whether they booked before or if they walk in, then we take their name and phone number then and put it in so that we can contact every group that was in that place during that time period. So, but you're also relying on them letting notifying you that they've become contagious. Well, I, I suppose that's true, but I guess that's where the, the tracing is. They, if they, when they are tested positive, then AHS contacts them and then they contact everywhere that they have been. So, right, yeah, but you're seeing where I'm saying, like, this is a registered system, it is guaranteed you know you can contact every person registered in that slow pitch league or yeah like it's just to me it makes a lot more sense it's a lot more self-contained it doesn't obviously the more people the more chances of that situation happening but it's a lot a lot more structured and a lot easier to maintain that that safety and that structure than it is in a wide open business Right. And, and how, how long is the incubation period? It's like four days or something. Right. So, I mean, if you're, if you're doing so, uh, slow pitch and you're seeing them once a week, by the time that you're there the week after half your team is going to be sick. 
if they if you were in contact with somebody, right? So that mm-hmm. that week time period should be enough to tell that like, hey, like things are okay. So, um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying for sure. I, I understand they got to come up with some type of regulation. It just it just seems that um, structured stuff seems like it's more on the wayside than making sure businesses are just open so they can stay afloat, which obviously I'm all for because my business relies on businesses being open. But it's just, uh, I hate seeing it as a person that's in a lot of sports, seeing such restrictions just being holding them back. And there's been no, no proof or no backing to that slow pitch leagues are causing COVID transfer, right? It's there There's hasn't nothing. been a slow pitch league, so they. There's been that. four weeks of it. Oh, is it four weeks for you guys already? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, other we areas just finished our fourth week yesterday. Yeah, there are so, certain areas that were able to register earlier. That's for sure. <clears throat> so um, yeah, I don't know. Just just uh, some food for thought, and we might yeah. have regulations coming. Cities are now starting to put in the mandatory masks everywhere. Calgary's thinking about it. That was just posted today. So that makes that uh, makes total sense. I don't understand why that wasn't the first thing that came out. <laughs> just mandatory masks in public spaces. Yeah, I, I saw this article of two hairdressers and somewhere in the states that they opened up. They saw a hundred and forty customers, but they wore masks, and the customers all were, were required to wear masks. They saw a hundred and forty customers in like the first like week. And they both tested positive for COVID, and not a single person that came in tested positive after. They saw 140 people, so I guess that's that's proof there saying that masks masks work. But um, yeah, it'd be it'd be tough. Like I'm fat, right? So me so me like me running in slow pitch no. already gets me winded. So me me running with a mask at slow pitch, look out. I'm puking into that bad boy. <laughs> Must be a pretty good your ankle this time. Oh, I'm, I'm a, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to more bowling topics. I know Tim's <laughs> sitting there grinding his teeth and not wanting to oh. say anything because he got yelled at last time he said something. So um, – <laughs> Let's go, uh, Aaron. How did uh, how did it feel winning the Heritage Traditional? I know uh, the cash circuit you've been playing most of your career on it. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, great to beat Tweedy in the final. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then that asshole uh, put a shitty picture of me up there. If you guys remember, it was the Green Hulk picture that he had yeah. up there for. I think he left it up there for four years just to spite me. Is the picture up there any better? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I have what they call a uh, radio face. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing a video podcast. Then. I know, right? All five of us, buddy. <laughs> yeah. No, it uh, it felt great. Um, and then uh, the year after was uh, actually one of my lowest moments in bowling because I put too much pressure on myself to try to win again. And that was the last time that I hit anything in a bowling alley. That's when I uh, pretty much broke my uh, knuckle on uh, that wood right at the top of the lanes after the steps. Yep. That was the last time I hit anything. So I recommend don't do that, guys. Don't do that. 
Mitch Davis, you watching? <laughs> a lot of people uh, have hit that backboard at uh, Heritage. Yeah, I I seen a, a couple of famous legendary players that uh, everybody thinks does no wrong wail into that. So um, <laughs> it's a uh, it's taken some abuse and it's held up the whole time. And now I think they put uh, tables some. Um, extra bigger tables with some legs on them so there's extra support so you won't be knocking those over anytime soon so that's good that was actually one of the questions i was going to have for you aaron is uh you definitely had some some pretty amazing successes but you definitely had you know some some low moments and are you wearing a miss the cut shirt right now uh no uh no, which one's that one it's the shirt one shirt one from a few years ago tpc one oh okay yeah. Um, but, uh, like, uh, how, how have you been able to, uh, I, I guess, adapt with all those, those super highs and super lows? Uh, hit or miss, to be honest, uh, lately more getting my, <laughs> getting my mind better, reading more about, uh, the mental side of the game. Um, honestly trying to get more consistent. And through varying points and trying to find a perfect way to improve not just my physical game, but the mental side of it as well. Um, it hasn't been easy. Don't get me wrong, because part of my success is because I've had that emotion to bring myself up in those moments. But it's been more so trying to figure out the right time for those emotions. And uh, this past year, with more practice as well, and getting the Edmonton open off my back, uh, getting rid of a few years of never having the singles in the open. I hadn't been a single in the open before. And unfortunately that continued. I still <laughs> haven't gotten the open provincial singles yet, but uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, you guys know it's not easy riding. It's not easy to be consistent, consistently great in our game all the time. You're going to have moments where you don't make, you don't make a team. You don't make uh, provincials. You don't make the cut. I have my, I have two missed the cut shirts. Actually, I have the original one and I have the uh, new blue one from the WCBT. <laughs> and both of them have been used quite a bit. But um, the past few years, my missed the cuts have been in the 40 range instead of in the 80 to 90 to 100 range, right? In the standings. So it's been, I wouldn't trade it at all because I have success because of it, but it's more so continuing the success going forward and learning from my past, uh, my past mistakes, to be honest. I mean, it's a bit of a jumbled answer there, but I don't have a firm answer on it. I'm still, uh, still learning how to uh, stay up there and stay up there consistently for, for years. Uh, God, thing like it, it, it's super difficult to be consistent. Um, you know, most of the, the the players on tour are gonna find you know that roller coaster effect. Um, you know, a few few guys are, are definitely out there. You know, getting the, the top ten, top twelves, or whatever, pretty consistent. Uh, but they're they're diamond dozen. Like there's not very many, right? So if, for for you to be able to at least kind of bring those real lows into a um, like a, a top 40, top 50 as like the, the worst type of event for you. Um, it, it shows how much you've, you've already grown. 
And uh, I, I know we, we've had a few conversations over the years and um, being able to just kind of almost find like a center point, right? And not get too high, not get too low. Uh, because that, that's one thing that, uh, that I've definitely seen with yourself is when, when you are going really hard, uh, you get really loud, you get really into it. And then all of a sudden you start to kind of lose your game because you're not focused on your game, right? So to, to, to find that center point, uh, but that, that you'll, you'll, you'll keep that, that consistency, I believe. Yeah, I totally agree, Adam. Um, eliminating, well, not eliminating, but like limiting your ultra lows is so important because the second you get there, it's impossible to get out, right? Um, yeah, and, and playing at that consistent energy level, that is something that um, they talked about a lot at bowling school, and I don't know how many people took it really seriously, but I think that um, I think getting to that like consistent sort of energy level where you're playing at your optimum, but you're not getting too high and too low is so critical because it just carries you through and you can maintain the same sort of mindset a little bit easier. I think it's way easier to not worry about the energy level as much with the team because you know if you're a little bit lower on the energy, well, the rest of your team will usually generally pick it up. You start getting gain some momentum from them, but there there's none of that in singles. So it's all about to me, it's all about maintaining that kind of Zen sort of comfort level for uh, for energy. You you don't you don't want to be like bored and lazy. You want to be into your shot, but you don't want to get over the top as well, right? Mm -hmm. You got to yeah. keep emotion as part of your game, but just kind of like think limiting going excessive. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, we do have a question here from the the chat. Kathy's asking you, Aaron, what would you say to someone up and coming that doesn't have a win yet? Well, Kathy, I would say, uh, I would say that you have to put, you got to put the time in no matter what, no matter how many, no matter how many uh, uh, second places, third places, fourth places you may have right now, you continue grinding through because there's so many events through this year and there are so many new winners that happen all the time, especially on the tour. Like, guys, there is it's so rare to see someone win back to back or even three in one year. Um, there are anyone can win on any any day. You make the cut. Make the cut is the key. And if you are starting out and it's your first tournament and you're trying to get used to it, you know what? Shoot for the cut. Get into it. Get used to it. If you you won't know how good you are until you actually get into that, get into the big tournaments as well. Um, there are many people that, for example, uh, average league average of 230, but they'll come to a tournament and play with the bigger guys and they'll average 260, 270 and surprise themselves, make a cut. I mean, you never know. We, we see that a lot, guys, where a guy can get hot on a Sunday and make it to uh, one of the A or B finals. Um, may not win, but you get that valuable experience to carry through to the next turn. And it's experience, experience, experience. And you grind through the losses and you grind through the close with the close, uh, the close losses in the final, that kind of thing. And I mean, it's very rare where someone comes in and wins right away. I know you guys can agree with that. Yeah. Well, 
a lot a lot of people don't uh don't know this but uh aaron was a late bloomer right so mm-hmm. aaron started uh really getting into the scene when he was uh, last year or second last year ybc he wasn't like he was um well known coming up through the ranks uh, uh kind of uh uh not maybe well well known out there and you know kind of hidden gems out there um you could put the work in there and obviously aaron's one of those guys that you guys can look up to in that aspect where you guys can see hey you know what it's never too late for you guys to find your groove and and find your niche in the sport right so right because yeah aaron showed up and uh he, he kind of came out like a out of nowhere right you challenged <laughs> national team there and uh, single the same year so remember that yeah yeah everybody's got to remember you're, you're going to take a lot of a lot of lumps learning the game and getting to where you need to to make your first win or or that situation and it, it's tough not to get discouraged and that was always kind of the the thing gino always preached don't get discouraged keep keep practicing keep playing keep playing with the best and you'll figure it out it, it just takes a matter of time. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't be deterred by losses because there's you're gonna have way way more losses than you are gonna have wins, right? Mm-hmm. So just keep just keep grinding through. We yeah, have our uh, our uh, podcast jokester here just chiming in. I want Tim to read this out because it, it was more directed towards him. I, I don't know who Brett is. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll just avoid it then. <laughs> I think he runs a meme page or something. I I, I, I actually thought Brett had ball today. So, Brett, I, I thought he had something going on. So, get lost. <laughs> got rained out. Some rain going. Well, I got a really uh, a good question, I think. But I want you guys to be really honest. So, going into a cash tournament, at the end of that particular cash tournament, what finish um, would you guys consider that cash tournament to be a success? Now or in the current current game? Um, hmm. So I I'll I'll answer first. So for me to consider the cash tournament to be a success at this point in my career would be probably making the 16s at the Autumn Open or the uh, the 16 round at the TPC Regina and make it through the after the first round at the heritage halfway through the the sunday is a is a big deal and when the field's that much smaller it you like uh autumn opens prime example i don't know if we're going to be doing this so much anymore but you go around you shake every guy's hand in the top 16 or every lady's hand in the top 16 that's such a big deal um when it was early in my career it was obviously the cut once you made the cut that that made your your weekend the whole reason you were there for it, right? But yeah, I would definitely say halfway through the Sunday is is a big deal, and I think that that makes my weekend. Obviously, winning would be the hugest part, but being confident after making it halfway through Sunday that's good for me. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, like I think I mean we're obviously all out there playing to win, and I think every time that you don't win, um, which is pretty much almost always. Um, you, there's still always little things that you look back on and you were like, Hey, like, ah, I wish I did this better. I wish I did that better. Ah, you know, there's always a little level of disappointment. Um, but right now I'm going to say, I, I think my goal is 
almost always top eight. I, I want to shoot for top eight. Um, I like the feel of like, especially like, you know, the TPC or, or uh, Regina when all of a sudden there's, you're only using half the house. Um, I like that having that separation in between. It's just a different feeling. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm shooting for top eight. I, I think I'm, I'm happy if I'm in the top eight for sure. Um, I think top eight. Yes. Uh, only reason being is uh, I think I play enough 16s in, in Calgary that I think I, I being being 13 to 16 is really a waste of my time. <laughs> it's really it's really really wasting your time because it's like whoop de doo I made another thirty dollars or forty dollars coming in sixteen and I just pulled another fifteen games. Well, that, um, and it, it's a grind when you're in the bottom of that mm-hmm. and you have like five games left i mean you can move up a little but like it's a grind at that it, point, it, it's it's, sure. re- it's really i hate my life like why did i bowl so bad <laughs> and i make another 50 dollars. okay so uh t- top eight and I, I um i think eight it's a great number and you'd be honest with you if you actually look at my record um in the three game match plays i've probably only made the top eights maybe four times right and and i i, I just think that uh uh i I, th- I think the 16s is we've made the 16s enough. I, I, I just think the eights are good. Money's there. Uh, you made some money. You can go back with it. Uh, eights, you really have a chance, have that feeling you can win it. Right. I think you have that, that kind of feeling that it's, 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 you have that, that kind of that you're not uh, one of the 32 bowlers. You have that, that feeling that you actually have a chance. And, uh, and in, even though yet you have that feeling when you make the thirty twos, but when you make the eights, you're rolling. You have that good feeling, and you you kind of have that mojo going. There's no flukes. You just have that good thing going. And then I just think that um, that you have that opportunity to to win, right? And I I just think that it has a different different feeling to it. So yeah. I, I, before Aaron answers here, I just kind of want to clarify. Everybody's goal is to win the tournament. There is no but to make the weekend a successful weekend is what we're discussing. It's not that everybody's goal is to win the whole tournament. Yeah. If you're not first, you're last, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) You're second. It's clearly your second. (laughs) There's second, there's third. (laughs) Um, Winning the Calcutta. That's (laughs) Whoa, five pin universe doesn't condone. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about, sir. Next question. Um, I'd have to say I'd have to go with Kerry right now. It would be uh, 16s, a couple matches on a Sunday with the three game matches, um, getting those 9 a.m. and those 10 a.m. matches out of the way, and then getting in a groove after that. Sometimes you're on one side and you get the uh, one hour break after your back to back matches. That usually works out. That's worked out pretty well for me in the past um, because I usually only win one out of two matches, so. I get that break, but uh, yeah, uh, 16s gets me on a roll, gets me going for the rest of the tournament, gets me through, uh, gets me awake on the Sunday morning sometimes, and uh, keep it rolling from there. No, no, I, I like the variance of answers. I, I'm actually kind of surprised Tim went to eights. I, I kind of had Tim with like 16s as well. I, I'm actually really disappointed in Dexter's answer because <laughs> where you're at right now in the game. I would expect nothing less than like top four where you're playing right now, where your mentality should be right now. 
because that's the same mentality I've got right now. Like I, I would probably be acceptable top eight, top 16, right? A bad, you know, like you make a cut. Okay, fine. Making some money that that's still success. But right now where you're at, I'm shocked you didn't go like top four, top five. Yeah. I, I mean, l- like Carrie said, I'm, my goal is to obviously go out and win. Um, yeah. Uh, eights, eights I'm content with, but yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I guess, I guess it's all like, how you view yourself, I guess, at points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the way you look back at the weekend. Cause I mm-hmm. think when you're, when you're knocked out in the 16s or the eights or even the fours, you're not happy about it. Cause you know, you, you were there, you had the feeling you're probably, you feel it, obviously you have a chance to win the whole thing, but looking back at the weekend on the, on the way home, traveling home or the next day, you can look back at it and be like, you know what? I made it to the eights or I made 16s. It paid for my whole weekend. I got, some side money like yeah. i think that's too in the moment is always always going to be rough it doesn't mm-hmm. matter unless yeah. you win the thing you're always going to be upset with it two i i view it two totally different ways okay so calgary red and red deer i view totally different than tpc and regina right because you yeah have two, two, two different events right so calgary you come out you make the 16s you you're, Carrie's totally right. You have that good feeling. You make the 16s. It's, it's this big thing. You make the 16s, right? I know uh, Don Sims on there. Don can totally agree on that aspect, right? And uh, you kind of have that good feeling. Again, maybe unless you're 16th. I've been 15th before. It's not a lot of fun. So, um, but then you play Heritage and you maybe if you make the 16s and stuff like that, it's a little bit different. Um, but but there's a difference between you, you You didn't make the next round and this maybe made from the, your bowl in the 16th, you didn't make the eights, but you didn't win your matches. You didn't play very well. You're just over, right? But when you go and you play the TPC or Regina and you shoot like an 880 to a 900 and you lose that match, you got a bad taste in your mouth, maybe because you missed a corner or have a bad, or, 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 the, or the fact is you got absolutely maybe annihilated a thousand to a 600 or something like that. Right. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. You know what? Ro- Ro- thank you, Robbie. Robbie. Uh, I got Robbie's 32nd spot one year. So I do thank him for that. But, um, but you, you do have that, those, those bad beats. I mean, like uh, when I, I remember I, I tell the story fondly because it, it was me and Dex. I think Dex and I only played one time head to head on a three game match. It was at Collingwood. And I think we're on 11 and 12. Twice. You're wrong. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely annihilated you in Sherwood one year. But anyways, but we're playing, we're playing, <laughs> quite, like, so we're playing on, I think it was uh, nine and 10 or, or 11 and 12 at Collingwood. And, uh, and he was absolutely. He started like seven bagger last game, and then uh, he shook his. I shook his hand in after no or six bagger or something. I shook his hand in seven after he hung a corner, and then because he couldn't win the four hundred pot or high single pot, and everybody's like, "Why would he shake his hand?" He's like, "He has like nine nine sixty against me. I didn't want to make break a thousand like, <laughs> and I had nothing. Like it was just I was just being courteous about the four hundred, right? So, yeah. um." Right, so it, it, it would, but was I upset about that match? No, he was absolutely just trampling me, right? And then, but I'd be more upset, uh, on the other thing that thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike, about that. Yeah, but 
but those 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 two events are totally different than the other two events. I think if you're if you absolutely had a lost a close match, I'd be more sour tasting, um, leaving the leaving the event. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and 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 to clarify a little bit, Adam, I I don't mean being in the eights. I mean top eight for bowlers. Um, that, that is a little bit different. Um, you know, because in the eights you could have sixteen different people. I like I like to make well. I'm happy if I you know I'm I'm in the top eight or so people. Um, and you're you're right. I do view those tournaments totally different, but I still think the sixteen number is too low, because even even if like for for autumn open the sixteen number is making the finals. Um, for for TPC or Regina, making it to the sixteens means you just didn't go bang bang, and I'm. I am not shooting to win one match, you know? So I, I definitely think that 16 number is definitely low. Yeah. Kathy doesn't matter. It, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Kathy, it's, it's, it's worse winning against him. Trust me. <laughs> you hear about it later. <laughs> he, won't, he won't talk to me. He won't talk to me during the match. He won't talk to me after. I don't even know if he shakes my hand. He just leaves. <laughs> he goes, goes back to work. So that's win-win. <laughs> hey, yeah. righty. Um, so we do have a special guest questions here for you, Aaron. Um, I don't recall the questions. I feel bad about it because uh, Adam has a couple topics he wants to hit on here, but I'm going to still make him do half the work. So Adam, you want to lead it off here? No worries. No worries. <laughs> then, uh, who was uh, your bowling idol or uh, mentor growing up? Uh, my dad was my mentor in pretty much every sport. He coached me in uh, football and soccer and baseball growing up. And in bowling too, he got me into that. Um, and then it sort of transitioned to uh, a bit to Gino, actually. Um, I met Gino when I was, you know, I would have been about 12 or 13, one of the summers I was visiting my cousins up in Watasqua. And it was at, uh, it was at the lanes and I was playing the jackpot bowling at the time. And Gallagher flipped it on to uh, only throw, only get $100 every time it was a strike. So I managed to take $200 off of him, and that's how I met Gino. And Because uh, <laughs> Robert was complaining to Gino about this young buck that just took $200 off. <laughs> <laughs> so it morphed into Gino for a bit there. And then uh, growing up in the YBC community, um, I didn't know, like Tim said, I was a late bloomer. I didn't know anyone. So honestly, I looked up to my competitors in the zone. I looked up to Brad Wilton. I looked up to uh, uh, David Sanderson as well, because Sanderson was winning everything in Calgary at the time. Um, it was easy to look up to guys like that when uh, when I was only averaging what, maybe 190, I think, my first year senior. So, no, oh, I like it. Uh, little David Sanderson. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right <No. laughs> uh, I, I love the kid trust me uh what uh what was your favorite event um tour or nationally oh 
I love the Heritage Tournament. I really do. I, I the center, the staff, um, the location, um, the time of the year. Um, it's not just because I've I've won it before. I've always loved it. Um, and favorite nationals would have to be with the, the 2011 nationals. Even though our men's team didn't win, I still got to. I was the youngest on the team by far, and I still got to bowl with Bruce Mortar and Gino, and Mikey and uh, Ian Dobie as well. So that was, even though we didn't we didn't play well, it was still a great experience. That's besides the wins. That's my favorite national. Excellent. Uh, do you uh, recall uh, kind of your best or toughest match? Oh. It has to be 2014 Nationals against Connor Dorian. Um, when I had to throw that four-bagger 7-10 to 10 to win in the last game after uh, we both traded 300s to one – I think I threw 160, and I think he threw a 180 the first game. So we won ma matches back and forth, and it was the only time that I beat him the entire week as well because he swept me in the round robin. Mm -hmm. So that is – easily my favorite match and i've heard it from a few people that that was the best they've ever seen me throw we watched we watched it intently great match there Aaron. thanks tim <laughs> we heard the cheers were you sure we were, we, were, we were cheering them on we were, yeah we were. <laughs> they have a live stream back then or something <laughs> uh, inside joke um what, what's in your arsenal I have uh, soft rolls, they're second generation, and I also have a set of Starlines. I've been using the soft rolls more so lately. I want to get consistency no matter what, no matter if I'm struggling or not, or throwing well. Uh, and it actually really helped the last year. The soft rolls, I was able to throw more consistently with them, I felt. What, uh, what uh, shoes? I have custom shoes. They are DCs. I've had them for about four years. Uh, just a simple leather slider on the bottom and a regular uh, rubber grip. And they are amazing for the feet. Way better than uh, than Dexter's. I actually blew through two sets of Dexter's in three years, and that's why I stopped buying Dexter's. Common trend. Uh, <laughs> what, what's left on the bucket list? I would... I want to make open nationals as a single and have a chance at being part of the, uh, the double gold club, the singles. And I'd like to win Alberta again for masters. And I want to get a second real tour win, not just <laughs> a, uh, uh, what's my Scottsdale one? Web.com tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get a second real win and then uh, possibly a third one there. Yeah. And it's corn fairy now, but that's okay. Finally, <laughs> a, I actually have never bowled on a team with Weber or Kerry before. So that would be, uh, that'd be good to knock that off. Yeah. Um, we never bowled together either. Yeah, we have. When? 16. Oh, yeah. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Hey, what thanks for chiming in, Timmy. Junior over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's there's Johnstone all over again. Hey, Johnny, yeah. you don't feel better. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, morning, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
if there was anybody past or present that you could have a challenge match against, who would it be and why? Mark Jackson, because I I only saw him throw once at TPC, and I believe that it was one of his last years. And to, I've hear, heard so many stories about how good that he was. And unfortunately, I've never seen him play. So I, like, in a real, like, today, it would be great to play a match against him. Yeah, he'd be a hell of a player. I don't think I ever played physically against him either. 1-0. 1-0 against him. 1-0. <laughs> League doesn't count, Dexter. Doesn't matter. It does to me. I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you, you've played uh, you know plenty of events uh, on the cash circuit, all that stuff. You, you've also been a uh, board member for the Alberta Masters as well, so you've seen some of that side of it. Uh, what's our sport missing? What what type of improvements can we still have within? Um, five years ago, I thought that we were lacking. Um, I, I, we were missing a gap. We weren't. We didn't have the uh, the schools that we have at uh, the tournaments now. The before the weekend stuff that uh, WCBT does. Um, the live streaming is getting better, that's for sure, and having that is key. Um, TV. TV is the is the the thing that would put it right back up there again, and it's it's not easy. Like there's there's multiple things that are like we can't even get bowling on TV right now in the middle of a sports pandemic. So. Um, but there are there are other ways. I mean, um, continue with uh, growing the sport at the youth level as much as possible. Um, continue with the communication between all of the uh, associations, which we we do great out here in Alberta. But I know that other provinces have their problems with that. And if that can get mitigated and getting more getting more younger groups onto boards as well, like um, that's good because having the new generation in the boards will only help put the sport in the more present tense instead of 30, 40 years ago, right? Where ideas have changed, where um, the sport isn't the same today as it was back then. So we need, we need more people, more younger people volunteering, contributing to the sport as much as they can, right? Because especially in Alberta, we have so many bowlers that go to nationals for free. And we're, we're lucky that we have that. And I, I wish that more people gave back a little more than just uh, here's my money for the elimination draw tickets. That would be uh, just my two cents on that. No, I like it. No, thank you for that. Um, now, I usually have one last question for, for the guests, but I also kind of put it out there to, uh, to, to the Five Pin Universe um, just kind of put out some some like humble brags or just some kind of obscure personal achievements and just kind of see what else is out there. So I'll uh, I'll ask you along with the rest of the guys afterwards. Uh, but uh, I did uh, have a chance to just kind of print off a few of uh, some of the notable ones. There, there was lots of uh, discussion on there. Uh, a ton from Brian Earl as, as well, but uh, 
I, I just don't have time to read them all. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll, I've got about 15 here, just quick ones. But uh, Brian Randall, uh, what about being associated with YBC ever, ever, every year since the first year? Yeah, his What's, mom was involved with the creation of YBC, actually. Wow. Which, which is incredible. Yeah, he's old as balls. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not a young sport. <laughs> uh, one I thought was really cool, uh, Greg Pederitis uh, is bowled in 710 different five-pin bowling centers across Canada. It's crazy to think there's that many. Wow. I mean, there probably isn't now. But that's, probably not now, but... That's amazing. That, that's, that's such a huge cool. number. Yeah. The only guy that probably would have been close to that would be like Terry Burns. Yeah. I don't know how many he ended up going through. He did he there. did the hundred for sure, but yeah. I'm not sure how much traveling he did outside of coming and playing the Calcutta's um from the well, NWT, right? But but every every open nationals there ever was, really, True. while he was yeah. around, right? So he, he would have been probably not seven hundred worth, but like he would have had quite a few as well for sure. Yeah. No, That's a crazy number. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, John Honeyford uh, left 14 corners in a row once. What? Oh my God. <laughs> and the only thing I've ever personally seen that, that was close to that, I, I saw Jen Marshall Smith now uh, start a game with 10 corner spares in a row and then threw a strike in 12 for 272. She, Marty she, Bush Marty Bush did it once uh, in, in Bonnie Dune too. He did an entire game of corners. He, I, I bet, I bet Jen Smith was just loving that game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even think she was all that mad because she would just go up there, pick it, go get it, go pick it. It, it was at Shamrock Lanes and Energy, and I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it, it kind of went through two cycles there, uh, where it was absolutely lights out, very similar to old school Paradise, uh, or very tough when there was a lot of corners. So, um, but yeah, pick, pick them all. Uh, Evan Lacusi. <laughs> Throwing a strike without hitting the head pin first, which I'm assuming is probably Bonnie Dune. Yeah, <laughs> seen a few take, of those. Take a yeah. two pin and probably do it. Um, JB Rainsberger, uh, his record for one ball is 20. Uh, he's playing free fall and uh, put a pin over and took the, the right three two on the other lane, which uh, I, I've actually got got one that's similar to that. Uh, Me too. Yeah, lane, lane ten at Toppler. Uh, I put a head pin over, broke the string, and took out uh, 13 on the other lane at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> on a string machine. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> snap, snap the string. <laughs> what do you have, Kerry? Mine's uh, lane 47 at Bonnie Dune. Put a pin over onto 46 and took out 10 on the other side. Yeah. 25. I, I've, done, I've, done, I've done 20, too, at Collingwood. The knocked over the head pin, threw a strike, and the head pin fell over on the other lane. <laughs> it just okay. fell over. No, no it, it flew over. It the flew over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to ask, Kathy, how many games is that that you're talking about? Eight sets of aces. Is that is if that's one game, that is incredible. <laughs> but oh, oh. I need I need to know what 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 span that was over, <laughs> or, or how slow is that shot? Yeah, one of the two. Wow. Could have been 17 in centers, so a slow ball. You see lots <laughs> yeah. of aces there. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's lots. Um, I, I kind of like this one. Sean Langlois, 
uh, in the, their first year five pin, because I believe he, he came from Candle Pin Circuit, right? Mm-hmm. I believe. One game, Kathy? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> uh, I hope you chugged a beer after that. <laughs> uh, but uh, with, uh, with Sean, uh, their first year five pin, uh, they won a silver medal at the, uh, the Open Nationals uh, with his wife, Kathy. Which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Kite, first time another candle pinner. First time he picked up a five pin ball, he threw 16 strikes in a row over two games. Hasn't come yeah. close to that ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, since that was funny though. Oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> threw the pins twice. In a row on a strike yeah. at TBC. Just for reference for everyone, That's the funny. pins were very mildly offset, and he refused to reset it in between <laughs> balls. <laughs> so That's funny, because Larissa Long came in with almost identical um, with the uh, the backup curve at Nationals in 2009 for YBC. Uh, ball went through the pins uh, twice in a row on a double. Yikes. Uh, Don Carpenter, uh, 2001 C5 Nationals rookie year, came off the bench in the fifth frame to clean up a head pin, then finished the game off with a seven bagger to to win his point by two as a rookie. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Scott Race, uh, Chris Hislop, and I are the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lenny? No, no, no. We're, we're, I know what you're talking about. Scar Rice is funny, though. Yeah. Uh, Chris Islop and I are likely the only team to throw a team perfect game no tap at the TPC doubles and not make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one was good. And uh, well, I guess thank, thank God Mitch isn't on Facebook anymore, or I may not have actually seen any of these other ones. Uh, with all his bragging, but uh, Valerie Nebo, an exciting and embarrassing, beating Mitch Davies in the 10th frame at Open National, then having to ask my coach, John Walsh, if I had won. Uh, then yelling to my contingents, I beat Mitch Davies, only turn around and see his teammates standing right beside me. <laughs> so just do, do, a very proud moment. So long story <laughs> short, they actually presented her with a plaque at uh, the, at the banquet. That's an honor to Mitch too, honestly. I, I, and you know what? And yeah. Mitch, Mitch was really good about it, and he yeah. loved it, and he loved every minute of it. And she was really good about it. I think he took that's a photo awesome. together. It was really good. Yes, it was that's awesome. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, Tom Patterson uh, during a pot game uh, after league, uh, he uh, he was bowling against a gentleman by the name of Craig Vance, and they both shot four fifty. To tie in a cash uh, cash pot game. Uh, Chris Bradford shooting a left split and a right split in the next frame and sparing both of them. Crazy, <laughs> which is unreal. And uh, last one, uh, Bailey Lawson uh, once lost a local tournament at YBC because I picked a head pin and it bounced and stood back up on my third ball in the tenth frame. That, that happened to me at uh, at a Four Steps Nationals in 2005 in the Dell when it was free fall, too, and it cost us the match as well. It was against Newfoundland. I remember it vividly. Wow. It was very upset. So I guess I'll open it up to, to you guys. Uh, Aaron first is the guest. 
what do you have for like a, a personal achievement, obscure, I don't know, a moment in, in your, your career? Well, not so much an achievement, but uh, something, a very funny story now <laughs> that I look back on it. Um, a few years ago at the Open in Red Deer, um, on lane 13, um, I proceeded to uh, force a rule change to see uh, five rules. Um, I believe it was the second frame on a strike, my first ball. I uh, started to lose the grip on my backswing, and I re-gripped, and I gripped the ball too hard. It came through on my front swing and landed on lane 12, the opposite lane. So... I turned around ghost face. I ended up uh, sitting on the edge chair at the end of the lane for about five minutes while the rest of the teams either cheered me, laughed at it, or tried to figure out if my ball actually counted because it never landed on my lane. So they had to uh, deliberate with the open organizers and uh, figure out that it wasn't foul. It was a zero count. I threw a three pin the next ball. I cleaned it up. That's progress, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finished with a 296 to lose my match by two to uh, Adam Kemp, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do want to make this aware he was not bowling out of Edmonton. He was bowling out of North. So Yes, I yeah. was bowling out of North because I was alternate on the, on the Edmonton team again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but that could be my obscure one. I've been alternate-ish at times. <laughs> the, the Rob Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you? What about you, Kerry? Uh, I don't think probably people got a lot more obscure ones than I do. I know I've spared aces 10, 12 times somewhere in there. Not in one tournament. My across my career, um, one back to back WCBT tournaments i guess that'd be my That's humble break stuff i want to hear yes and um i held the masters uh scoring average for one year till freddie came around and kicked my ass. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's my humble break back-to-back <laughs> yeah. -back wcbt events is pretty impressive timmy i honestly i, I really have no obscure facts except for the the one I was sort of mentioning to you guys, I think Dex and I are the only like really uh, brothers that have won a, a same tour championship. That's, that's the only one I can think of. Right. I, I know it's going to be a matter of time before the tickets win the same one, but uh, at, at this point, at this point, uh, Dex and I are the only ones that have won one. Um, it was pretty cool to be on. I know Barry, Barry Eller's a twin. So it was kind of cool. He put that on the, on the autumn open plaque, which was kind of cool on that aspect. Um, but as for other things, like obscure things, like, uh, I can't, can't necessarily think of anything on top of my head like that. I, I mean, you, it shouldn't be on top of your head. You've had days to figure this out. Li literally gave you a heads up and said, Look, start thinking. Well, I, I can't think of anything right now. You had three days. Tim, Tim, here's one. How many times have you told us while we're driving to a master's tournament? Just guys, I'm not feeling it. I haven't been playing very good lately. I'm horrible at league. And then. 2,500. 25, yeah. Yeah. I, I've only broken 2,500 once, so. Okay, so it's once. 
2400 yeah yeah unless i'm playing stetler uh stetler's not very good at scoring house so uh, (laughs) robert is clearly not watching he hasn't commented yet (laughs) uh yeah no i'm i'm i guess i'm i'm proud of the four singles championships out of alberta but i mean other than there yeah i don't have any like crazy stats about like Eight, eight aces in a game or anything like that. I like nothing pops out of my head like that by any means. So, are, are you the only WCBT champion who hasn't won on Sunday? Oh yeah, I, I guess I am, Adam. I yeah, I, I backdoor everything. Yes, that's <laughs> you're welcome. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> don't need to get personal here. Pulling after dark again, Jerry. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I'm the only one who won on a Wednesday. So yeah, I guess I can say I did that. Yes. They screwed, they screwed up the stats and I found out I won on a Wednesday. Yeah. Most anti-climatic win ever. It, 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 it it was a little weird. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever buy dinner after? I actually, I did buy dinner. I did actually did buy, I came in second and then I came in first, but when I came in second, I bought McDonald's for everybody. So it all worked out. Did you buy the keg when you got your first place check? No, no, because because uh, all my all my money came in in separate denominations all at once. Because money <laughs> came from this person, money came in from that person, <laughs> and then, and then I had to wait for my trophy and my shirt to come in from another person. So it just it, it was just a smorgasbord of everything. So it was just. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Lenny, Lenny, don't worry, don't worry. I'll kiss you before, okay? <laughs> what about you, Dex? Um, I guess a couple obscure things. I don't know how many people have faced somebody three times in a championship win, so I think that's that's pretty cool. With Johnny facing him three times when I won TPC, um, that was kind of neat. Um, the other one that stands out for me is uh, at for a period of time at uh, the Open. They had me listed at a, a 450 average because we were uh, we we bowled um, one. It game. was in Newfoundland, 2013. <laughs> I came in off the bench. Tim was our lead, and he was trash. And I got pulled. I got put in after uh, after six frames. Yeah, and it was it was against Joel Mamcher, and Joel was pretty sure he had that match locked up. And then I struck out uh, for the the last six frames to finish it. First game. 450 average after that came back won the match joel was really pissed off really really pissed off he was really upset but that was that was kind of neat there's a picture somewhere of it too i think it was matt mckillop actually that posted it was no no schaefer i think it was schaefer no i'm pretty sure it was matt i'm pretty sure it's matt mckillop i'm like 99 sure yeah it's a date lenny (laughs) (laughs) so wait wait mom might be on okay i'll text you later (laughs) <laughs> Tim's five dollar handies <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I think that's probably the most obscure thing I have really. And you, Adam? Um I, I, I get a couple I'm really proud of. Like the we talked about like the double crown and uh, you know the Hall of Fame induction, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um I have the city high average in both Calgary and Edmonton. Which one's recognized, though? Uh, both, I believe. 
I'm sure they both have asterisks. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, par they're paradise Bonnie Dune. So, Adam, Adam, that's actually not too much of a but I, I have Edmonton too, and it, it was nothing. So, and, and you have A5, oh, and you have Alberta too. Oh, yeah, sure, I guess. I, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking <laughs> current, Carrie, current. Oh, yeah. You have three then. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, the, the the one I, I think's really cool that uh, that nobody probably knows, and uh, I'll, pro I'll, I'll probably put a, a target on my back. But uh, I'm thirteen and zero on step ladder Saturday for singles at nationals. Hmm, that's huge. So four four and zero at masters and uh, nine and zero at the open. Oh, that's crazy. That's nice. really cool. I feel so bad losing to you at Alberta step ladder then. Oh, I've lost that a few times, not many. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that 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 was probably the the the, the really obscure. But now I'm sure I got a target. <laughs> like I didn't already. <laughs> well, we're yeah. Everybody when it happens, though. Oh, exactly. Adam said he's 13. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't 13 an unlucky number? No. <laughs> not at all. We don't know yet. No. <laughs> who needs friends or who needs enemies when they got friends like you, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's a good segment. I like that one. Hopefully Adam comes up with more. He seems to be the, the idea maker here on this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Watch oh. out for next Monday or Tuesday. He'll put, make another post for podcast. <laughs> put him on the spot. Nope. <laughs> no, I, I, I've taken my one every, what's been about a quarter? Yeah, quarter year. I'll, I'll do one every three months. Sounds about right. That's how we roll around here. Pretty much. Hey, Dex, <laughs> uh, who, who's running Rulebook Corner now? I, I was just going to say, we have a... Uh, we have a You're on video, Tim. The answer is Tim. <laughs> Tim, Tim. Tim's the new. Tim's the Tim, new. Yeah, <laughs> Tim is a, a Tim is going to be the new rulebook corner guy. Um, Send in your there's, question. There's uh yeah exactly apparently he's you know got the 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 foot in the door to you know get things so uh um he's he's the guy he's he is the guy for rules so if you got rule questions he's the guy if you want them changed. <laughs> He's the guy. Talk to Tim. Hey Tim, when when's that effective date? Now. Is it now or is it in the future? Uh, I'm, I'm my best before I was a long time ago. Yeah. What? Best. <laughs> I didn't say expiration date. Yeah, yeah. What's Ooh. Oh, Gary, look what Gary oh, said. Post oh, that. Post that. Oh, out of nowhere. Oh. 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 <laughs> Gary's still playing. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a few years. It, yeah, it depends it's how you're feeling. It's gonna be impossible <laughs> to play him in a stepladder at a national event, though. Hey, I took a buck off him at the Gallagher it. Cup last year. <laughs> I finally beat him. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up. Aaron, thank you no, very much. I, I got a legitimate question. <laughs> Who's on a rulebook corner? <laughs> I. I guess I guess we'll see at the time, but I'm gonna have a feeling like it'll still now. probably be me. Like because, literally oh, right now, I Tim. Got a Tim, it's Tim. Oh, the answer to that <laughs> is Tim. no. There's no rule on it. I know the question. Here's the question, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. We had a little fun event 
recently. And the fun event was um but do I do I just say it? It's fine. We'll build some hype. Uh, it was a. It yeah, was, you can build all the hype you want, but if it doesn't come out, then it looks like a nope. fucking dog. Oh, uh, <laughs> first first F-bomb up podcast goes to our fearless leader. If you have a hard time editing it, I'll help you. I'll figure it out. Whatever, we're getting it out there. But we did a we did a um, a uh, strike derby. So Carrie is anxiously waiting to get this out to you all. But uh, yeah, we did a strike derby. So we played, I don't know if any of you guys watched the PBA stuff, but they were doing some small, like, little fun events. And it's how many strikes you could throw in two minutes. And I'm telling you all, I did not, I mean, I realized, but I it, it solidified how fat I really am. Um, trying to I'm throw as many strikes as you can in two minutes is exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. Um but uh, we're going as fast as we can. We're using lanes uh, 14 and 15 in Sherwood and 13 if we had a tangle. But it was coming down the line, and, you know, some people threw some shots before the shield was all the way up. And I went through the rules, Adam, and you were there, and the answer is still no. There is no rule against it. Does it make you a dick? Maybe. In I an event like that, no. protest. Uh, yeah, I, I, I probably could have, but I put it you with looked, a loss. You looked up at the crowd or at, at the at the whatever the rulers and went giant P and played under protest and still lost. But <laughs> okay, so there the, is no rule. So the, the the actual scenario is basically: can you throw a ball while the shield is still in motion? Yes. Even if the pins have set, does that change? The, what the machine's doing with the strings until those those are fully set. I I mean at least with our machines, no. What once the machine pins down, the tension comes off the strings and they're and they're okay. Um, but in in the rule book itself, uh, there there's there's nothing in there saying that is it frowned upon. In, in this event, you, you kind of have to do it. You're going as fast as you can. It is what it is. But in in real life, if you do that. Eh, you might get you you might get some looks, but I there's nothing saying in there. The, the rule is a rule, so it doesn't matter when it happens, right? But like whether you're whether there you're, still is no rule out of it. I know. Are you not I mean. listening? That's what do you I mean. understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Well, well, no, you just you gave two different scenarios where it might be no. frowned upon and not right. I said frowned. Well, you can't you can't <laughs> frown upon a guy throwing a ball when the thing was going up. It's when Tim. you're going as fast as you can, you can't. What? I mean, what? It's Tim. You can frown upon Tim all you want. What I do? What I do? Well, thank, thank, <laughs> thanks for listening. President, we need a ruling. No. Oh, <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, I'd be, I'd be more worried about who's legally delivered ball holding two balls in your hand. So, <laughs> well, that, there's no rule against that either. Okay. All right. What, then, what advantage? Do nothing's you wrong. Then nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. The, the, whoever, who, whoever thank happened. You, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. See, whoever, what, exactly. Who, wh whoever threw those balls and and beat that said person won squarely. Okay. And and the thing I, is, I, 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 that's all I have to say. No, that's no, all they, I have to hey, say. There, and whoever no don't protest listen, there whatsoever. Listen, listen, Adam. And whoever whoever said bowler beat that other bowler only had two minutes of of break time between 
Plain said two other minutes before that. So, so you're warm is what you're saying. Must be nice. I, I, no, the I don't know. We're, we're, we're losing guys. the crowd here, no, guys. No, we're no. losing the crowd here. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we 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 determined that was the that was the ruling. But I, I guess take that a step further is you know could there be a possible effect until that full cycle of the machine, um, but that ball hitting the pins before it fully cycles, would that potentially change? the physics of the game. 100%. If I would if the machine is not fully cycled, the pins themselves, the the shielding unit can be whatever, but if the pins aren't cycled all the way, it, it could definitely do a change in pin reaction. And then yeah, that's where the shields and like shields about it just mostly like the pins bouncing off the shields and stuff like that, at least with our machines. But as for like if if we didn't have the shields there, it wouldn't make much difference because the tension is taken off if the pins are down. So because re realistically, in BC, without those shields there, you don't know if the pins are fully cycled, and then they're not certified, right? So it's yeah, kind of, kind of the same type of issue. Now that's the only reason why I bring it up. I don't really care about that that ending of that thing. I really that's don't. a load of shit. You're a liar. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, hey, hey, did, did, no, no, you were you were really come me. off. We're swearing every yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Did Timmy win in all? No, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, what? <laughs> spoilers! Yeah, oh, we, man. Tim, Tim doesn't win anything. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> True. Hey, 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 hey! We've all seen his Masters Nationals performances. Uh, just, just, just let's let you know that nobody got hurt. Okay, nobody, nobody got hurt. We were all hurting next day. <laughs> I, I don't know. That sniper got a couple people. So. Oh, very true. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, just uh, it was a good time. Everybody had a good time. Yeah. And uh, there was we had eight of us. Seven people left happy. Uh, one person didn't. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So I did mention there's giveaways. Oh but, uh, right. But we're not gonna do that during the episode. So what we're gonna do, um, in the spirit of five pin universe and what we're doing with this thing, for everybody that shares this particular podcast will be entered into the raffle that will be drawn next week. And we are giving away four t shirts from All Star Bowling Sales once again. We don't know if next week's podcast is a go for sure at the moment, but we'll uh, we'll let you guys know on the weekend. So once again, just remember, share this specific podcast on Facebook and you'll be entered into the raffle. I want to thank you again, Aaron, for joining us. Yeah, thanks, um, guys. That was fun. Not every time you get a two-time Masters National Singles Champion on a podcast, so great to have you on. And We, we, we get a two-time silver medalist every time. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> See you, man.